0: Good evening, thank you for braving the cold, to listen to God's word and to worship him. So another meditation tonight, we'll be focusing on 2 Corinthians 12 verses 9 to 10, and it's the third in my series on Christian paradoxes, and tonight we are looking at strength through weakness. Okay, it was working, and it is not working now. It is on. There we go. It's, maybe it was a faulty connection. Okay, let's read together. 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9 to 10 from the New King James Version. The context of this is Paul's thorn in the flesh. Paul asked for it to be removed because he thought in having his infirmity or the thorn in the flesh removed, he would become a more effective servant for Christ, but the Lord Jesus said this to him, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Let's pray. Our Lord Jesus, what an appropriate text for us as your servants. We pray now that by your spirit, you would give us attentive hearts and clear minds to focus on your word and to hear you speak to us, to each heart here tonight. We need your power and your strength to operate through your word for your glory, and we would ask this in your name. Amen. So, as we look at this paragraph, uh, at this parad- paradox, strength through weakness, it's quite a tough one, isn't it? Who wants to be weak? We are all trying to become stronger, are we not? We go to gym or we exercise to make ourselves stronger. We study so that we become mentally more astute and sharp. We take courses to improve our skills, to make ourselves better, to equip ourselves. Is there anything wrong with that? In fact, a life of infirmities and distresses and needs, that's quite difficult. It's not pleasant. Uh, It's quite hard. And generally, we want our lives and we organize our lives to be as hassle-free as possible. Is there anything wrong with that? So as we come to this particular paradox... It is going to stir up some questions, some perplexing questions for us. If we become strong through weakness, is there anything wrong in trying to make ourselves strong? Or in fact, must we deliberately try and make ourselves weak? Must we really deliberately want a life of difficulties? That's the paradox this evening. So... The first thing we're going to do, let's focus on this text and accurately identify what this paradox is. And there we have it. Paul says this at the end of the section. He says, for when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak, then I am strong. So there's something abnormal going on here. What Paul is saying is that when he is strongest, it is when, in fact, he is the weakest. And I don't think you get more of a direct paradox than that. How on earth can you be your strongest when you are your weakest? But there are some other abnormal things going on in this text how can a man take pleasure in infirmities in things like reproaches in being in need in persecution um, in distresses we arrange our lives to be as hassle-free as possible to to live at much as at ease as we can and here is somebody who in fact has come to that point in his life when he can actually take pleasure in these things. But in a similar vein of abnormality, here is somebody who boasts in infirmities. In other words, he sees value in his life when he goes through difficulties and hassles. So this is quite paradoxical. It is Abnormal from a human point of view, from a natural point of view. And so we need to get into this paradox and try and understand it. So, our second heading already, the paradox explained. And I'm just going to focus on four thoughts as we look at this verse. And that will help us, I believe, to understand what is going on here. The first thought, is to just focus on Paul's desire. And we have it here. If we look at this passage, this is Paul's desire, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That's quite unusual to have a desire like that. If we did a survey, um, would that desire come up? So if we did a survey in the world, I don't think anybody would think of answering you or I and saying my desire, one of my great desires is to have the power of Christ rest on me. Even in the church, if we are to do a survey, not in the context of this verse, but to just ask Christians, what are your desires or what are your goals? Most of us would not think about having the power of Christ rest on us. So why did Paul have this deep desire to have the power of Christ rest upon him? Was it to make his tent-making business boom so that his sales could rocket and he could be the entrepreneur of the year in the Roman Empire? Not at all. If you look at this desire, it has got to do with someone who is passionate about Christian ministry and serving Christ. This desire has got to do and is found in someone who has a desire to serve Christ in Christian ministry. That is what the desire is about. So yesterday, I did. Um, a, we went down and did a park run. So I would not think in doing a park run to have a desire that Christ's power would rest on me so that I could run faster and shave 20 seconds off my personal best. That's not the context of thinking about Christ's power. It is squarely related to serving Christ and Christian ministry. And that's why many people in the church today would not think of having a desire like this, because quite frankly, they're not really bothered about serving Christ and being effective in ministry. The focus of their lives are more on comfort and ease and just getting along with the things that I really want to do. As John Piper's video this morning said, why missions does not happen, Quite frankly, we're more concerned about living a life of comfort and of ease than pursuing the things of God. So this desire that we find in Paul is squarely related to the fact that he was a servant of Christ and that he earnestly desired to serve Christ and be effective in Christian ministry. If someone does not have this desire, they have little interest in Christian ministry. But why did Paul need this? The power of Christ in his life. Well, we've seen that the context is ministry. And our strength or power counts for nothing. Right? Me in this pulpit, I can talk as eloquently as I can try and talk, and nothing will happen in my heart or in your heart unless Christ's power and strength is operative. I can't do anything to your heart. If you have ever just done any evangelism with people, you realize straight away, can I save anyone? Not at all. We are talking to spiritual corpses, we can plead with them, we can command them, we can talk with great eloquence to them, and nothing will happen unless Christ's power is there. When we counsel Christians in or people who are going through difficulties, we can tell them the truth. Do we have any power to change their hearts or to make them respond to the truth or obey the truth? No power whatsoever. As Christian parents, with your kids, with the desire to raise your kids in the discipline and admonition of the Lord, can we give them wisdom? Can we give them that obedience? Can we change their hearts? Not at all. All forms of Christian ministry and service need the power, the power of Christ if we are to do anything effective for him. What did the Lord Jesus tell us in John 15, verse 5? Without me, you can do nothing. Not some things, you can do nothing. So like Paul, you and I desperately need the power of Christ to rest upon our lives. Without His power, we are completely, completely ineffectual in Christian ministry. And so, being an effective servant of Christ, which should be in your and my heart, starts right here. Christ saying to us, My grace. Is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. We need Christ's grace and we need his strength to be operative in our lives if we are going to be effective servants. So that was Paul's great desire, was that the power of Christ might rest upon him second question we need to ask this morning as we try and explain this paragraph this this paradox is what is the channel of christ's power how do we receive christ's power look at this verse the lord jesus said my strength is made perfect that word perfect um, is it's got quite a, a range of meanings perhaps the the best meaning here in this verse is complete. It can be translated maturity or completeness. But Christ's strength is made perfect or complete in human weakness. Human weakness is the condition or the channel that Christ's strength will flow through or to. We see here... That Christ's agenda is not to glorify man. It is not to glorify his servants. It is not to make his servants supermen so that the world is going to admire them and going to exalt in their wonderful power and abilities. That is not Christ's agenda. He works through instruments that are weak so that his strength and his grace is most displayed instruments like that the power of christ rests on them and on no others are you and i okay with it are you and i okay with it that christ's agenda is not to glorify us to make us great, or to display our abilities. Martin Lloyd-Jones was one of the most powerful and influential preachers and leaders in the Christian church. A first-time visitor, he had heard about Lloyd-Jones. He had never seen Lloyd-Jones, so he went to his church to hear him preach. And he gives this account. And he says he was surprised because when Lloyd-Jones climbed into the pulpit, he said he's quite a small, he realized this is quite a small guy. He's slightly built. And he thought, oh, I was expecting somebody that was had quite an impressive appearance and a commanding presence. And so... He was a bit taken aback. Is this Martin Lloyd-Jones? And he says, but oh man, when he preached, the earth shook beneath our feet. Martin Lloyd-Jones was not impressive in himself, and his ability and power did not come from him. He was not an impressive person in and of himself he didn't have a commanding presence but he was powerful in the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ and so just if we as we think of this that Christ's strength is made perfect in weakness be very suspicious of a so-called christian ministry where the leader is very charismatic And he promotes himself, and his personality is right up in the front, and he draws quite a lot of attention to himself, and he flaunts his natural gifts. That is not what that verse is saying, is it? That's not Christ's agenda. His strength is made complete or perfect in human weakness. When they asked Lloyd-Jones in an interview, so how do you feel when you go into the pulpit? Do you feel the awesome power of God? And he says, no, when I step into the pulpit, I step into that pulpit with fear and trembling. He knew that he could do nothing without Christ's power. And so be suspicious of any Christian book on Christian service and effectiveness that talks about your self-image, where you need to tell yourself that you are wonderful and powerful and capable, that is not the way Christ works. His strength is made perfect in human weakness. So the third question, just to explain this parable. So what is the role of infirmities... In Paul's life, what was that role and what is the role in our life? Infirmities. Paul took pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, and distresses. We've already seen that we are actually spiritually powerless in ministry. So why would the Lord add to that powerlessness... Further difficulties, infirmities, reproaches, needs, persecutions, and distresses. The issue is this the Lord needs to remind us of our weaknesses. He needs us to feel our weakness and our dependence on Him, and especially. He needs people to see that his servants are weak and that the power does not come from them. The Lord sent infirmities into Paul's life so that he could be reminded that he was weak, so that he would really feel his weakness, that he would feel his dependence on the Lord, And that others would look and see that Paul was weak. And that his effectiveness did not come from his greatness and his abilities. Do you see what the Lord is doing in his servants? His grace and his strength is sufficient for us. And he uses servants who are weak. And he gives infirmities and difficulties and struggles in our lives so that we feel that. Look at the relationship between infirmities and power. That word, that, there. In language, a that is a word that shows consequence. I will rather boast in my infirmities, so I know I need these infirmities, so that, so that the consequence is that Christ's power will rest on me. Do you notice that if you do not have the infirmities, the power of Christ will not rest on you? We don't get to be effective servants with the power of Christ resting on us unless we have infirmities so that the power of Christ might rest on us. There is no alternative to being an effective servant of Christ than to have infirmities so that the power of Christ might rest on us. Or... Also saying exactly the same thing. I take pleasure in my infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distress, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. That word when in grammar shows a condition. Only when I am weak and I feel weak and people see that I am weak, only then... Am I strong? Only then, then am I strong? If you and I are more concerned about parading our giftedness, if we are more concerned about showing off our abilities, if we are more concerned about being self-achievers, then Christian ministry is not for you, and it is not for me. We may be a lot of things to the world, but we will not be effective ministries, ministers of Christ in his kingdom. The fourth point, just to understand this paradox, is I just want to make one point on the type of infirmities that we see in this verse. There they are listed for us. Infirmities, and I think these are kind of a description of the infirmities. Reproaches, needs, persecutions, and distress. I want you to notice that these things are not self-inflicted. Because you see, the question might arise in our minds, if we become strong through weakness, should we be making ourselves weak? That's a good question. Should we have a deliberate agenda in our lives to make ourselves weak? And the Bible's answer to that question is no. What did Paul tell Timothy when he was struggling with tummy problems that made him weak? Paul said, take a little bit of wine to cure it so that you would become stronger and healthier. What does the Bible tell us? Our responsibilities. We are to study God's word, to show ourselves approved so that we become useful with God's word. What, it, what was Apollos called? It says he was mighty in the scriptures. We need to study so that to make ourselves stronger in God's word. We need to exercise ourselves to godliness. We need to train our minds to become stronger and more discerning. That is our responsibility. So take your vitamins in the morning or the evening to make yourself healthier and stronger. If you lack energy, start exercising so that you can get stronger. Start studying the Bible so that you can be stronger and more mighty in God's word so that you can grow. These infirmities, Paul did not lay on himself. The Lord laid reproaches. At times he was in need. Often he was persecuted and heavily persecuted. Often in his missionary journeys he was in great distress and the Lord laid those things upon him. They did not arise. Paul did not have needs because he became lazy and stopped working. And then, okay, now I'm in need, so now I'm going to become powerful. He did not stop. None of these infirmities came because there was a sinful neglect of study or because he stopped exercising himself to godliness. The Lord lays these things on us. They are chosen by him in wisdom. And he's going to lay things on us that make us feel weak, that make us understand how much we depend on the Lord, so that his power and his strength can then rest upon us. These infirmities, what I would say, I would call it that they are Christ-centered infirmities, They are received from Christ, and they are accepted for Christ's sake. These infirmities do not arise from sin, from folly, from laziness, or sinful neglect. So we must not think that we must have an agenda of making ourselves weak. We must be responsible with the commands of God and seek to make ourselves strong and effective as we can. And the Lord in his wisdom will then choose at different times and in different seasons in our lives that we go through reproaches, persecutions, that we are in need, that we are in distress so that his power can rest in us and we can become more effective and so, this paradox then, when I am weak, when I am humanly weak, then I am strong because the power of Christ rests upon my life. That is what the paradox means. As I've mentioned before, paradox, paradoxes in the Bible often demand a response, and something from us. The demand of this this paradox, because it is a challenge to us, that there is not an appealing life. That is not an appealing life. Would you like your life, or anybody in the world, would they like their life to be described? as filled with infirmities, with reproaches, to be in need, to be persecuted, and to be in distress. That's hard, and that's difficult. But Paul accepted and endured these infirmities so that he could be more effective and that Christ's power Would rest upon him. These infirmities is the demand that Christ puts on his servants. It is Christ who is speaking in verse 9, and he says to his servants, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. That is Christ's demand. What Christ is saying, that it is necessary that you and I are humanly weak so that his grace and strength is shown and seen in us, his servants. And Paul accepted that for Christ's sake. Will you trust Christ That the difficulties that you are going through now are necessary and that they are chosen by the Lord to make you a more effective servant for him. No infirmities, no human weakness, no power of Christ. That is the bottom line. And Paul understood that, and so he accepted that. He took pleasure in his infirmities for Christ's sake. But this is a paradox also for spiritual growth. And we're going to finish with just some thoughts here, just a few more slides. A paradox for spiritual growth Understanding, accepting, and delighting in being made weak. That is paradoxical in and of itself. And I just want to focus for the last few minutes on Paul's attitude in this verse. Paul's attitude in this verse. Our attitude to the difficulties in our lives that the Lord gives to us is directly relation re, re, has a direct relationship to how much we are going to grow in the Christian walk. And the first thing that we see here is that Paul accepted this because it came from his Lord. He prayed to the Lord. To remove the thorn in his flesh. And the Lord said to him, like the Lord is saying to you and I, My grace is sufficient for you, my strength is made perfect in weakness. And Paul accepted that because it came from his Lord. It wasn't random, it came from his Lord. And so he took pleasure in these things for his Lord's sake. He did not enjoy reproaches and needs and persecutions in and of themselves. He accepted them because of Christ's sake. And look at this attitude. He says, I will rather boast in my infirmities. That is quite something to say. To boast of something means that you see value in them. You see value in them. And he saw value in the Lord placing infirmities on him because he knew when that happened, the power of Christ would rest upon me. And it is the same with us. It is through hardships that we are made effective servants of Christ. What does the Bible tell us? It is through hardships that we enter the kingdom of heaven. It is the path of effective Christian service. There is no other path to be an effective servant of Christ. And so Paul boasts in those things that made him weak. In fact, he says here, I take pleasure in infirmities that displays an attitude of embracing them and receiving them. Do you know that those infirmities are the things that make people grumpy, make them sour, make them complaining, and make them negative about their lives? That is the usual reaction. And attitude towards these things, which are hard. And Paul takes pleasure in them. For when I am weak, then I am strong in the Lord. And we end here with Paul's motivation. What kept Paul going through the reproaches, the needs, the persecutions, and the distresses? His motivation was that it was for Christ's sake. He loved his Lord and Savior. He had a strong desire to be useful and to be effective servant of Christ. And he knew it only came through human weakness. And so he boasted and took pleasure in his infirmities. He accepted them. And he received them with godliness and with grace because Christ's strength is made perfect in weakness. Let's pray. Our Lord Jesus Christ, if we are often, if we are honest, we know that we. We often want to exalt ourselves. We have such a strong tendency to promote ourselves, to want to be seen, to be great. And this paradox challenges us at one of our deepest levels. It attacks our pride. And so we have learned tonight, our Lord and Savior, that when we are weak, you are strong in us. And that is our heart's desire. And so I pray for myself and I pray for everyone here tonight. Every heart lifted before you. Would you give us the grace to receive these hard and often unpleasant things that you place on us so that we might become more effective for you. We ask this in your name. Amen.